it's me, Michelle, and we are back with another episode of Her Do It. Following from Wednesday's episode on family financial planning with MJ, today MJ will share her story in personal finance and parenting, her lessons in managing her money, as well as some reflections she had for the year 2020. In case you missed the first part, I just wanted to let you know that this episode is actually part 2 of our initial chat with MJ and it may sound a bit choppy to start but of course nothing you have to worry about in terms of loss of content because it's all great anyway. I hope you enjoyed this episode, let's go! Next part touches a bit more on education and on you being a mom and some of your philosophies. So what inspired you to start Value Investor Bomb and having a social media presence on that? I, I've been sharing pieces and pieces of anything on my own social media. So uh, I think when E was born, my own social media has been flooded with everything about her. <laughs> so I was like, I not fair for whoever to initially follow me for maybe certain nuggets. So I decided to move on to another one. Yeah. And it's also keep me accountable that I have to not just focus too much on E. I mean, yes, she's my priority. But at the same time, the other things also have to take care of. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I'm not so good with all this techie stuff yet. I know my friends have been sharing, like, you know, monetize the blog. I still don't know how. I'm, I'm learning still. So eventually, I hope it gets better traction of how I arrange it. I love what you've written on your blog and all your sharing so far. I don't think a lot of people start by thinking about they want to monetize their journey and their experience and their sharing. I mean, it's a bonus if it comes later. Mm. Uh, but yeah. I think it's just great that people are sharing like their experiences and being a bit more vulnerable so that other people will have that conversation as mm. well. Then one of the key intention is like in terms of finances, I really love more women who can take charge of them and parenting choices. And it's also, I hope, to be able to build a better community mm. for my daughter because raise a child by a kampong, right? So if you surround yourself with the circles that understands the value, it will actually help each other to grow even better. Yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. Actually, yeah, that's something that we hear a lot about, but then I think people don't really think about building a community around as well, like helping other people enhance their knowledge and then together in the future, everyone will be able to lead like more quality life together. Yes, definitely. Like that. And you've been taking charge of your own personal finances for a while now and even before you had your daughter. Has mm. that approach to money changed for you or do you still have the same fundamentals from before and till today? So let's say in terms of budgeting, spending, investing, has it been the same? Before baby, after baby, or have you had to change because you have a daughter now? I think the way we spend, I think it's still the same. Like, fun fact, the amount of clothes that we've bought for her, less than 10. Including Chinese New Year's clothes. I, I know clothes, because for me, it's more like a material. And then they all go so fast. And seasoned clothes are actually nicer to wear. So I'm lucky because my elder sister got three kids. So she got quite a handful of hand-me-downs. And I welcome anyone that they were like, do you want this second hand? So I said, sure, sure, you know, I would love to take it. Of course, then I would spend on a quality detergent just to wash the toys. We only bought like one for her one-year-old birthday. The others are all hand-me-down. I just spend some time cleaning and rotate. And then once E is done with it, I'll just pass it down to the next mother within my circle. So, yeah, 
I'm a hands-on mom, so I DIY quite a bit of stuff for her rather than spending money. But we did invest in a hypnobirthing course, and uh, we we invest ourselves in the confinement center because the place that I'm staying now is a rented place. We may not have the best facility, like the next room is not ready for a nanny or whatsoever. We did spend in terms of that, but that the course and the breastfeeding course, those are that they benefit longer term. Yes, yes, you know? you're right. I see it for a more longer term. And it will also take childcare based on aligned value, not on the cheapest um, option. Mm. So those are the things that I will look out for if I want to spend something that will bring long-term value. Then yeah, we will definitely do it. Like that, I think today there is so much, I don't know if the word to use is noise, but people have developed so many material things that you can buy for children. It's very hard for a parent today to resist the temptation of there's so many yeah. nice things there was a diaper brand yeah. that will connect to an app to tell you that your children has pee and poop wow yeah i don't know like, what to feel yeah. about that yeah yes. and it's so easy to fall for it you're like oh that's interesting not for myself it's for my children <laughs> so i will buy we can justify anything when we want to buy something you exactly. know exactly there's always good reasons yeah. to buy. I think, like, like you've mentioned, it's always good to think long-term, right? Next yeah. one, it's on education. I wrote a really long question and I can't remember like what, what was behind my mind when I wrote it. But okay, what I wrote was being an educator yourself. And, and we know that this is going to be a rabbit hole. But from the personal finance team, do you think the reason why we are like who we are today is because of a lack of education and knowledge? Or do you think it's beyond? I feel like we've touched on this a little bit. It's, uh, it lies in the psychology and emotions. Maybe you can elaborate a little bit more. Yes, it, it, it somehow still ties back to education. But education and knowledge that doesn't just come from school. Home is actually your next best school. Because a, a child basically spends most of the time at home, the next one is school. Mm. I don't wish to label <laughs> anyone, but it's, it's more to any individual, doesn't matter if you're married or not, parent or not, when we have the curiosity or the willingness to, to learn more and be open to really listen about what's out there that actually could improve our life, which is not about improving your life with materials, but really with the mindset and yes. the thinking process. So when one has that, you know, that, that doesn't have to come to school, actually, if I were to speak on that. If, if it's a video or like if this podcast were to give you some inspiration or or hope that you want to make a change, so you're like, you yourself, we ourselves can do it. Of course, it's not an overnight thing. This one, I'm sorry to break your joy, but that's the truth that it takes time. And there are so many resources out there. We have the community in personal finance that... I'm happy if you want to drop me a PM. If you have any questions, I could help to, to guide you where you need to look at. If you have the thought of you want to make a difference, or but you don't know how, ask, ask away. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are afraid to ask, actually. Yes. There is a lot of knowledge out there. There's a lot of education out there. If you have no idea where to start because there's overwhelmingly a lot of knowledge, I think the best thing to do is probably to ask. Yeah. And then let that guide you to where you want to go next. Yeah. Alright, then the next part, we're moving on to your own like money journey about you and your value investing and your portfolio. 
maybe you can share a bit about like how has your journey started in investing and, and value investing in particular? Hmm. I started investing almost 10 years ago. But I didn't start with stocks investing to begin with. I started with property because that, that seems to be the easier one to swallow because I didn't come from a background that I understood all this. I only started knowing about financial literacy in age 20 or 21. Mm. So yeah, but if it's on value investing, I think it was about four to five years ago from a book or from a talk. They were selling some courses. So mm. they shared about the differences between properties and um, Stocks, stocks, I said, hmm, really? Because when I first learned about financial education, stocks is on the high-risk category you do not touch unless you are someone good, you know, with numbers. So I was like, oh, I'm, I don't know much about numbers, so better not. It was an interesting and tough process because I have to make myself unlearn mm. and relearn. So mm. that is like a lot of the psychology things. The, the first series of financial books I read was uh, from Robert Kiyosaki where mm-hmm. he focused a lot on properties um, same goes to the wife I read about Kim Kiyosaki oh, if there's one book that I recommend for ladies to read Kim Kiyosaki's Rich Woman mm-hmm. that is a good start I'm not saying everything there is, is good nuggets just a good good start yeah. then I, I went for the course for value investing but of course during the course whatever the activities they do I, I flunk it I failed like a horrible student but I did make a point to start investing it was a very interesting learning journey the first two and a half years, eventually, I learned that I was initially listening to people on the buy or sell call rather than really owning my own um, research. It's so easy because, oh, I don't know whether it's true or not, but oh, I think that guy, the Sifu, say is good. Then, actually, in the end, it's not. So, those that I had it earlier on, it didn't yield very, very good results. Then, uh, later on, I actually joined another um, company to learn, I mean, the, the, the courses to learn again. It helps me to relearn. And when I'm there, because I'm not like a brand new student with no idea of value investing, that time I make a point on learn about my emotions. I wrote down every single feelings that I had. <clears throat> the coach there at that time was like, oh, interesting, you're writing down emotions. Yeah, I think I wanted to figure that out. And it makes me learn about myself more. That So the FOMO is there, you know, like, why the fellow give me this kind of information? It makes me doubt myself again. Ultimately, it was from the second course that I really accepted that investing is not science, it's psychology. The fundamental stays the same. So then I just have to tweak my own psychology to work with the fundamentals better. And then it has been better since. So I wouldn't say like really great returns because we are not speculating here. So the steady growth is there. So when it comes to little ease portfolio, I have a confidence that I can work it out for her. For the long run, not like one, two years. Yeah, so the rest is history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As you've mentioned, I think people, when they talk about investing, they don't look at the emotion side of things. And I think that it has been a theme throughout uh, this chat that we're having, right? That yeah. it's not so much about, yes, you need to know the fundamentals, but then ultimately how you behave in terms of investing, it's a lot to do with emotions and psychology and a lot to do with how you were brought up actually. And yes. I think as, like, going back a little bit on one of the questions that we've mentioned is if you are preparing to have a family as well, then one of the things that you probably want to be aware of too is how you bring your child up. In terms yes. Of, yeah, financial literacy and financial education too. 
Mm. Or else it's going to be a vicious cycle, right? That like what, how your parents were brought up and how you were brought up from your parents, if you pass on the same thing to your children, it's just going to be a vicious cycle forever of the same things. Yes. It, you just have to make a, a conscious decision to basically break the pattern. Mm. So it will take some effort. I love how E is, is showing herself as a personality and the way that we communicate with her. Because we do sign language. So at the age of one, we are in a way communicating. And she understands. We just have to give her the, the, the time to respond. And then we were like, oh, she knows. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's so cute. That's really, that's really cute. <laughs> okay, next question. Not particularly towards like a singular investment because I don't think we really want to talk about like oh exactly what I invest in right because that's not what we're going for but mm. overarchingly what would you consider like a great investment doesn't have to be investing investing it can be something that you've, you've purchased or something else and oh. something that is not too great my fridge my new fridge <laughs> Because it's to support my breastfeeding uh, journey or mm. goal. My old fridge is not that cold. So if I want to store the breast milk, yeah. so it will be tough. So in the end, we decided to upgrade a new one. And then this existing one that is still functional, we actually move it into one of our uh, properties. Mm. So to so the upgrade that one, the tenants are happy. Yeah. It's like, okay, goodbye. Yes, so that's my best investment. For Good investment in 2020. And then something that is not too great. My car engine decided to, to die on me just before the MCO happened. I'm not sure why. It could be maybe I, I didn't drive it for quite some time because I was on confinement and water seeped into the engine and it completely died and I couldn't claim insurance or whatsoever. And I had to spend 10000 to replace the whole engine. Then the whole MCO happened for like, what, six months? That gave me quite a, a period of anxiety because my, my funds were saved for sabbatical. So there was a lot of unnecessary thinking throughout but I think now it's fine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that I think it's not easy to share things like this with people yeah. moving on to the next question throughout your life and when you started your own journey in personal finance since you said 10 years ago what do you think has been the most valuable lesson that you've learned that you can recall top of mind I am accountable for all my financial outcomes I think that is one of the strongest at the beginning when I started I thought that I don't know anything that was how I was brought up you know I passed the trust to other people mm. like what other people asked me to do then I follow I just blindly follow so it didn't help for sure I mean some of it may have some small return but most of it like really flopped so in the end no I'm gonna take charge then I'm gonna learn even if it's hard uh, even if the return may not be as great as how other people portray on social media but yeah, one step at a time and I'm sure we can do it. And yeah, I did it. I'm sure any listeners out there that you want to start, take a step. Take a step. It is an interesting journey to unfold. I think that is so important for people to know because mm-hmm. like you've mentioned, when taking charge of finances is not just a, a sentence or a word that we say. It's really like when you've mentioned like listening to other people and what they buy, and if you buy based on other people's recommendations, you're technically not really taking charge of your finances. Because let's say if that particular investment flopped, you wouldn't be blaming yourself that it failed. You'll be blaming the person who has recommended it to you. But the whole reason behind why you had to do that is because you didn't decide to take charge and learn yourself, and that's why you depend on others. And when other people fail you blame them for your own failures 
Yes. Yeah, so I think that's so super true. important that taking charge of your finances is more than just, okay, I want to start investing, mm. but more of like you want to put in the effort to learn and that includes learning through the failures. Because yes. in, in life, there's nothing that is going to be successful. Same with money, just that it probably hurts a bit more because it involves your money. Yes. Yeah, it's not like riding a bicycle, like the physical hurt when you fall down is different from yes. like the money that you've earned hard and then you, you expect it to only grow and not deplete. Yes, yeah. that's so true. Yeah. On point. <laughs> Thank you. And that, that, that took me a while to learn. I was reading a book and they said that the journey of personal finance and growing your wealth, like the money that you lose is actually your fees for learning. Yes. Yeah. And then when that like play mahjong you know when you first learn how to mahjong oh, yeah. you pay your tuition fee by you know making mistakes and eventually you learn how yeah, to play yeah so it's along the way like up and down and ultimately if you've done it fundamentally right and, and you've taken charge of your finances I'm sure that you'll grow somewhere mm. Mm. yeah alright very nice final parts already like end of the year and I guess when this goes out it will be start of the year be about, mm. about reflections MJ you do a lot of reflections I do that as well on an annual basis so I wanted to hear like what you have reflected for the year and planned for next year so maybe if you don't mind sharing like one of your reflections for the year from any any perspective any theme that you want to share about Okay, maybe I share one of the wins. I had a goal to breastfeed E for 365 days and definitely hit it and has passed. So I think I have my goal statement pasted in another. By 31st December 2020, because I did that before she was born because I don't know her exact birthday. Oh, yeah. So E will be breastfed 365 days. So I say I will latch on a daily basis and then pump when necessary. So with the emotional anchor that I will be a proud mom. So it happened. So of course, there's a lot of things that I have to make myself. I learn about breastfeeding. I went to the course. This was supported. So that's a win, and and that was my goal. And now I I didn't set a goal that I have to have to feed until the second year. It's more like as and when. If she wants to win off herself, go ahead. But then if the more I can do, because I've already hit the goals that I have. Because from the for my family or the friends, I know most of them didn't get to feed as long. Mm. It could be because of the environment or the knowledge that they have. So I said, if, if not, it was tough to begin with. But I'm glad that, yay, that's a win. Congratulations. <laughs> I think that is that is definitely a big win. Yeah, as a mom, mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Really, really, mm-hmm. really, really big win. The one that I didn't get to, I would say, self-care. Mm. I haven't been really active. Like I actually put down that at least stretch or you no know, workout. But yeah, that one I didn't get to do it. And mm-hmm. with the whole MCO being at home, taking yeah. care of myself, that has taken a toll on my health. Mm. So that is something that I actually put in on a higher priority list for next year. Yes. Love that. I love that. I think it's important <laughs> that when we don't get to achieve something that we've set out, that we acknowledge and then we mm. want to try to work on it the next year. It's not easy. It's not easy to set so many goals for ourselves and especially for what year it has been, the kind of year that it has been. It's significantly harder to say like, oh, I have been able to achieve like 8 out of 10 of my goals. So it's yeah. important to also acknowledge and understand the reasons behind why we have not been able to do certain things and celebrate the wins, definitely. Yes, Most important, definitely. celebrating the wins and then yeah. being able to understand like, Comparing this year, next year, we is still going to be an uncertain year. 
and with that at the back of our mind, like what mm. our goals should look like in 2021. And on the topic of vulnerability and sharing, mm. what has been the biggest risk you think you've taken in 2020? I would think that is the sabbatical that I choose to take. Mm-hmm. Of course, when I wanted a sabbatical, I didn't expect this whole COVID thing would hit. And then when it hits, and then with my car issue, whatever funds that is only like, oh, oh my God. Then it made me actually worried whether do I have to get back to, to the workforce earlier mm. that would actually reduce the time of me wanting to spend with my daughter. Mm. And would the company take me back? Because at times like this, they have the right to reject you know, yes. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to say that you promised me this sabbatical because of the tough times I did so I was like oh no what's going to happen so yeah there was a lot of stress moments this year as well on top of the other beautiful things that happened but eventually yeah I get back to work of course there, there are pay adjustment mm. so of course I accept it to be able to get back to a, a job at times like this is already a blessing Yes. so then we'll just have to work tweak a bit of our budgeting and then work things out and yeah and we'll see what happens next year Mm -hmm. and all the best for 2021 I'm sure that there's always light at the end of the tunnel I believe yeah Mm. yes okay and ending the the conversation with something a bit more light what are you looking forward to the most next year I would say a more harmonious functional co-living world with COVID because it it's going to stay. I mean, scientifically or whatever, it's going to stay for years, I would say. Yeah, and to stress about it would not help us. Yeah, why not embrace it? Of course, we have to take care of our own hygiene or whatsoever, but just, it would be good for me, for everyone to learn how to live with it harmoniously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I hope people take that with them as well. I think we've been living in a lot of fear and anxiety for the most part of the year. I think it's a common word to use. Lockdown fatigue. I think like anxiety, fear, all this fatigue, it's real. Really taken a toll on many people's uh, mental health, especially those who have had to lose their jobs because of the situation. So I think one of the things that we should be aware of probably in 2021 mentally is it's still going to be uncertain and we should be prepared that it's going to last for a while more even with the vaccines. I think there are going to be different things that unfold from having a vaccine. So yeah. why not learn how to cope and, and live harmoniously? I like co-live yeah. with, with COVID. Co-live with the COVID rather yeah. than I want you to go away by 2021. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah, yeah, hmm, yeah. It's more to that. Love that. And any final words that you want to share with our listeners before we end? Well, get started. Uh get started but that just now we shared earlier that there are resources out there if you wish to take a step pick up a book click on a youtube video if we are unsure really how to or where to dm any one of us in the personal finance community more than happy to help more than happy to share and another story that i would like to share so this is on a beach there is this guy running he's running along the beach and then the sun starts to rise and then suddenly he saw there's a whole pile of starfish on the shore so we know that starfish they need to be in water to survive so then as he ran I was like oh, what is this all starfish that's going to be die so then in front there is a young kid the boy was actually picking up one starfish and throw it back to the ocean one at a time the man who was jogging who said hey, what are you trying to do I mean they're going to die anyway you know it won't make a difference in their life but the boy picked up another one 
throw it back to the sea and say, it makes a difference for this one and talks to that to the ocean. So I believe same goes to Michelle. So as you said, not all of us wanted to monetize. And if that comes, it's a bonus. If you have a person that hears what you say, what you share, and make a difference, improvement in their life, that is a win for many, many of us. Yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful story. I completely resonate with you. I think when we started from us, it's from the the perspective of sharing, like sharing what we want to know. And there's no expectation of how many people's lives we want to change or how many people we want to change their behavior. But I think every single person who has come up to me and say that they have learned this particular thing or what they have been able to start doing after looking at the post, reading something or listening to the podcast, I think that really makes all the difference to, to all the Yay. things that we've been doing. Yeah. Yes. So that's my final words. I hope it inspires a few of you out there listening to this podcast session. Thank you so much, MJ. And that marks the end of today's podcast episode. I learned a great deal and beautiful, beautiful story shared by MJ. Hope you guys feel that same way too. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. This is Michelle, and this is another episode of Her Do It Stories. It's been a great time speaking to MJ, especially from the perspective of a mom planning for her child. You know, it's easy for us to blame our parents for not teaching us more about money management and personal finance when we were growing up, or even our teachers and the school and our education system. But it's always easier to blame others than admitting that we can be in control of our own fate. Of course, disclaimer here, this does not disregard systemic issues that has led to poverty instead of financial misbehaviour. With that said, for a lot of us today, it can start from us and we have the power to change our own financial journey, those around us and those who will be brought up by us in the future. I hope that this episode has inspired you to think more about your personal finance journey. And as always, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to listen to Her Do It regularly, do follow us on your selected podcast platforms. And you can also follow us on social media at her.doit on Instagram or Her Do It on Facebook and Twitter. My DM is always open if you have any questions. As usual, a disclaimer here, none of the content presented is meant to be any form of financial advice. It's just us sharing our experience and stories, especially for voices that are less heard in Malaysia and in the personal finance scene, which are women. See you next week. Bye!